Hello and welcome to the Fiercely Awakening Podcast. My name is Tanya Holcomb, and I'm grateful that you're joining me on a journey to honor your story, reclaim your power, and answer your soul's call for greatness. With conversations on self-love, true nourishment, and natural healing, featuring transformative stories of divine intervention, unshakable faith, and living life untethered, you'll be inspired and motivated to release what no longer serves you, pursue what you truly desire, and trust your path. No, it is no accident that you've arrived here. You seek truth, activation, and empowerment. Your seeking led you to exactly where you need to be. You are Fiercely Awakening. Welcome. I'm so excited for today's episode. I had the opportunity to sit down with Robin McMahon. She is a certified parenting coach. And like so many, Robin struggled for years because she just wasn't the parent that she wanted to be. She struggled to find connection with her two boys. She just had so much love for them, but she was so often overwhelmed with their needs and was losing her temper on a regular basis. The more frustrated she got, the unhappier she felt. And she just knew that what she was doing wasn't working, okay? So through searching for answers, Robin found the Conscious Parenting Community. She discovered how she could connect with her kids, and through this connection, she found herself, she found joy, and she found her life's work, but most importantly, she found the connection with the people she loves most on this earth, right? She found that connection with her two boys. She feels honored to have found this way of parenting and to be able to help families who are experiencing some of the same struggles she faced. And because of this work, she is more confident, she is happy, and she just feels that connection. In addition to her work as a parent coach, Robin is also an author and a public speaker. And I'm just so excited for you to have this conversation because it starts to open up the toolbox, right? It starts to open up the toolbox and starts to have the awareness of what are you currently working with right now and what needs to change, but also to start to paint the picture that it's not so black and white, okay? And there's a bigger reason as to why this breakdown is happening. So I know this conversation is going to be especially fitting for for my moms that are listening, right? Also for those who are working with kiddos, but also for those of you who are not there, just to have a different perspective of how you were raised and why that was and why you may have behaved the way you did and what you were really after, okay? I'm so excited for you to have this conversation and be part of this. Let's go ahead and dive in. Robin, welcome to the show. I'm so honored to have you with me today and I'm just so pumped for this conversation we're about to have. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I just love everything that you stand for and all that you are. So it's my honor to be here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Like a warm hug already. Love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, So, you know, there are, you know, the audience is already so excited for this conversation. So excited to know more about you. And I always love hearing the story of, of the why, right? Like, how did you get into this? So do you mind taking a moment and just taking us down a trip down memory lane and filling us in and how you got to be this parent coach? 
Yeah, it all started in 1975. No, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, you know, uh, for me, it was, it, it really did start with the, the birth of my first child, my first son. So I'm a mom of two boys. My boys are now 15 and almost 13. So we're, we're in it. We are in those teen years. Um, and, uh, and my first son really, wow. Um, I just didn't know how unprepared I really was. And, um, you know, what happened, it happened, it started, it, it really started at birth uh, with my, with my son. And I say that because I didn't realize that I was going to be someone who had a really hard time reconciling the birth of my child. He was uh, mm-hmm. 10 days overdue. I was in labor for two days because they induce you. Don't, they don't let you go more than 10 days. So I spent, you know, one day in labor, went home. And then the next day they were like, all right, we got to get this going. And I had an epidural. He went up instead of down. And then I had to have a C-section and I had never had so much as an IV before. I mean, I'd only ever had like, you know, a shot or an immunization, right? And Mm -hmm. that's it. So it was, it was devastating to me. And I just remember how vulnerable I was, how primal it all seemed to, and then I couldn't nurse him. And then I couldn't comfort him. He was a, you know, a crying colicky baby. He, uh, you know, just was so fussy and insert deep shame, insert deep, you know, um, uh, inadequacy. I thought, oh my gosh, like everybody else can do this, but me. And I thought I was going to be such a natural mom. I, I, you know, I, I just, I'm a love bug, you know? (laughs) And, um, Mm -hmm. and I thought, and, and and love wasn't the the point, you know. Like I loved him very very much, but it was hard to connect and hard to develop that bond at first. But that sent me on this spiral of shame and doubt, and self criticism, and um, and really losing my internal compass. Um, and and so th- through through the the years being his mom, I really was really angry and really. Um, and really hard on myself. I thought it was all everything. You know, he, he's a tough kid. And so we now know that there are some things that he's dealing with. There's some mental health stuff. There's some learning disabilities, just some brain stuff, you know, that isn't his choice, yeah. isn't his fault. Uh, yeah. And it makes it hard to hear him, right? It does. And so mm-hmm. um, what happened is uh, my dad passed away when I was, you know, midway through my parenting journey. Um, and he was in his 70s, early 70s. And I thought, you know, um, at the time I was, uh, I had a professional career uh, as a marketer uh, for a really big global company, um, which everybody knows. Uh, I worked for McDonald's restaurants um, for a really long time, met my husband there, so uh, served me well. Um, but I worked so hard and thought, you know what, I want to be able to live my life and enjoy my life and do something that gives back and helps the world like pretty grandiose idea there so um after my dad died I was in a really low low place so had that idea that I wanted to move on to do something else but I also was really struggling in my home life so uh, and then was going through this grief process so I, I actually attended a peaceful parenting um conference and um I was blown away by people saying to me like oh you know 
which one of your kids brought you here or you know who's the one that is the one that is your trigger or whatever and i'm like oh i didn't know people talk like this like i i just i had never experienced it before and it was this whole like they just wrapped their arms around me and i was like okay this is different this is really different because i had tried psychology i had gone to therapists and had taken our son to therapists and stuff like that and none of that worked and all I got message wise was it was my fault. So mm -hmm. that was really hard. Right. And so, you know, I was really depressed and all that too. So, um, so that's where it changed for me. And I hired a coach for myself and I, it was such a profound transformation in the way that I saw his behavior, but also in the way that I understood my own anger. I mean, I couldn't deny the shift. It changed everything and had a ripple effect throughout my life. Like even when I would drop my kids off at school and I would always, I, I couldn't talk to those moms. I couldn't, I just couldn't because I was so ashamed of myself. And I remember people saying, oh, you just seem so happy lately. Like, hey, Robin, how are you? And, you know, I was like, wow, people are like really different, you know? So that's, that's kind of where it started. I know that's a bit of a long story. Sorry if it was too long. <laughs> no, I love it. It all matters. No, thank you so much. Keep going. I want to know more. <laughs> well, okay. So, so yeah. So I, I did leave my, I did leave my corporate job, and now um, I really, th this is what I do. I've dedicated my life to helping parents, serving parents, and I do that in a variety of different ways. I work with them one on one. Um, I also have a podcast called Parenting Our Future, uh, which I just love. I have some really great guests um, and and some really beautiful people and. Tonya, you're going to be on my podcast very shortly, which I can't wait for. So everybody needs I can't to wait hear what you have to say. No, it's so good. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I have a book called The Yelling Cure. And, um, and, and so I have been able to really reach really millions of people. Um, and that's really exciting for me. Uh, and yeah, you know, I, my philosophy is that I want parents to understand their kids in a different way. I want them to you know, not grow them up with criticism and shame and disapproval. I want them to understand why their kids act the way that they do so that they can thrive in this world. But where parents get really tripped up is when they're dealing with, you know, disrespect, when their kids have, and I'm going to use air quotes, bad behavior, because they just don't understand where that behavior is coming from. And, um, you know, kids that don't listen. Right. And so we've got to really understand our kids on a fundamental level that maybe that nobody tells us about. That's the thing. Right. Nobody really tells us how to do this thing. And I kind of think that it's a bit of a setup, you know, because as moms, we are told so for so long as from children on that we're going to be mummies. You know, we get baby dolls, we, you know, nurture practice on those baby dolls. But the reality is, is the only real experience that we have as parents is in the way we were parented and that is a little tricky sometimes because there's a lot of hurt and pain in our childhoods right and it's really only until we've been uh, really being at this place and time in the world right now that people are questioning the way they were parented and saying you know it doesn't feel good to you know to to disrespect my child to to treat them as though they're less than it doesn't feel good and by the way my kids are not taking it either they're not no you don't get to treat me that way and what is that right so so i i use brain science i use developmental stages i use um, communication and and really 
reframing and using, you know, different perspectives to really understand your child. But I also, so I, so I kind of look at parenting on two ways. One is your child. The other one, the other side is you. Why do you get so angry? Why do you get so triggered? You know, and understanding those triggers so that you're not triggered with your child. Because the reality is, is that most of our triggers are born from when we were children ourselves. And now that we have kids, they, they show up in ways that really trigger us sometimes, right? And those triggers, are not from your child, they're from your past. And here we are feeling like we did as a child. And actually, we go to our child and we get mad, we get angry, we yell, and we're yelling at the wrong person, right? So mm -hmm. it's about healing those things too, and knowing that nothing is ever personal. It's never about you. It's never against you. Right. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what I do. And then, you know, just diving into those little pieces of how to get more cooperation, you know, how to really get your kids to listen. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share all of that to, you know, now as well and, and, and kind of dive into that stuff too, if, if that serves you and your audience. You know, I, I love this so much. I, as you're talking, I'm just, you know, jotting down notes and you said it before I could even, you know, say it back to you, but as you're talking, I'm like, that's the thing that I constantly observe now being more awake, right. To actually what's going on with my child and, and going through, you know, all of this is that, um, people just innately take things personal. Like they, they just assume from an early age, like a child could be one and their interpretation, right, of their child's behavior is like, it's personal, right? Like they're out to get them. Um, and that's, I, you know, I'm such a big believer in the perception shifts, right? Like when we are able to like see a different reality, right? It starts to awaken that entire process. So let's dive a little deeper first into this idea that it's not personal. Like they're not out to sabotage you to get to retaliate for revenge. Like that's not what's happening. What is happening? Well, and, and you know what, you're so right on because even you and I, I remember one of our first conversations that we ever had is that, you know, our kids are so egocentric, right? If, if I say yes. you did a bad thing, they say I am bad. That's how they take yes. it. Right. And so we're all operating from our own perspectives and through our own filters, which are built through the experiences that we've had all of our lives. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when, 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 <clears throat> when our child says, you know, I hate you, let's just go there. Right. I hate mm -hmm. you, mom. We could, we could turn around and say, how dare you say you hate me? How dare you say you hate me? All that I do for you, I bathe you, I clothe you, I feed you. You know what? You don't need that iPad that you have, you know, all that, right? We go down that road, right? How dare you? Instead, what I teach parents to do is say, whoa, you must be so upset right now to say that to me. You saying you hate me, oh my goodness. Tell me more. What is like? What's going on, my love? Why are you so angry? And that's truly not taking it personally at all, saying, okay, whoa, you're in some kind of state right now. You're upset. You are angry. And it's not about me. It's the way you, my child has interpreted something or, um, or something else is going on. They've misinterpreted something, right? And mm -hmm. so for me, all my job is, is to say, okay, 
whoa, you're angry. Let's get to why you're angry first. And, and I'm going to address, I hate you just, just so you know, because I think that yeah. we still have to address those words. Right. So yeah. I, I, you know, I talk with my hands a lot, so I'm, I'm putting that aside. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking, I hate you. I'm just going to put it over in the corner for a second because I don't want to deal with that just yet. I want to find out why. So asking your child, okay, how come, you know, and, and this goes differently depending on how old your child is. Right. So you have mm -hmm. a younger child. You say, I think you're feeling really frustrated right now. Maybe that's why you said that to me. Um, tell me why, or you can say, okay, you, you sound really angry. What's going on? Right. I mean, that's probably how I would talk to my kids, right? Cause they're 50, they're in their teens. Right. Um, yeah. and then, then I'll, then I need to sh be quiet. <laughs> yeah. we need, and then I need to just be quiet and I need to listen. I need to deeply listen to what my child says. If he doesn't want to talk, I, I, you know, I, I just say, look, I'm here. I want to know, let's talk. Like, tell me more. How can I support you? You know, what can we do to, um, to make this better for you? And then when you get that conversation going, when they've let you back in and, um, and you know, you, you're, you've talked and, and different things. So this is, this is where you build that connection or rebuild that connection. Because if your child has said yeah. they hate you, there's probably some break in that, in, in that connection and in that relationship. And then what you do then is then you say, okay, my love, thank you for sharing all that with me. Um, you know, this is how we're going to move forward in the future in terms of whatever this issue was. And can I ask you in the future, please, when you say you hate me, it is very hurtful. And I would love it if you could find a different way to tell me you're angry. I'd love it if you could tell me, a, you know, a different way to tell me you're hurting. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I don't have to punish you. I don't have to scream at you. I don't have to take anything away from you because that doesn't get to the root of the, the problem anyway. Punishments don't work. If they did, why do you have to keep doing them all over and over and over again? They don't work. So that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, it's, and, and yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you go, you go, you go. Okay. I was going to say just that process alone, it just ticks so many boxes uh, that are so important for your relationship. So for example, um, you know, listening to your child, well, that lets them feel heard and feeling heard and really listened to feels like love. And it is love, right? Mm -hmm. Deeply listening to your child. But that also means that you're giving them attention. You are you are providing connection, right? And oftentimes you're going to be giving them empathy and maybe some appreciation. And those are some of the core needs of a human being, right? Core needs of your yeah. child. Um, there's eight core needs and those are, those are most of them. The other, the other two are, um, you know, un well, unconditional love. You're also showing them with that. And the other two would be growth and independence. So you are doing so much in just that one encounter with your child. And what that does is it helps them to understand that they're heard, that they, that they won't be judged. So like if your child can come to you at any time, no matter what they've done, no matter if they're in trouble or they've done something bad or wrong, that they can come to you and you can say, okay, you know, I may not like what you did, or I may not approve of it, but how do we work it out? I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to repunish you. I'm just going to say, okay, well, this is just a problem to be solved. And how do we go about doing it? And what can we learn from it? How can we do better next time? That's all it has to be, right? 
Yes. I mean, I love that. And I love, you know, I've done so much work on myself, right? Like all the things that I've done to work on myself and then, you know, um, been working with you just afar, you know, by listening to your podcast, being part of the, the, the kick-ass moms group. And I'm so excited to have the one-on-one work finally coming up with you because these are, these are muscles that get stronger, the more that you put them in practice and where I, you know, you know, I don't like yelling. Yelling is a low vibration, right? It makes us feel like crap. Activate it. It's a, it's a thing that is not meant to serve us in that way. Right. But it's hard because no matter how much work that you've done on yourself, if you haven't put it in practice with your child specifically, you're still these old tools that are so ingrained in us because of how we were raised and how our parents were raised and how those parents are raised. Like they're so much more accessible than the new tools that require us to like take that sacred pause and be like, okay, wait, what am I doing? How am I addressing this? And so when I think about those old tools, I think about bargaining, you know, yelling, hitting, punishment, like those things. I would imagine, Robin, as a peaceful parent coach, like these are not in your tool bag, right? No, not at all. Not at all. And in (laughs) fact, you know, I want to address that, that sacred pause that you said. I think that is, that's really important that you said that because parenting isn't an emergency. There is no emergency unless there's blood. Okay. Unless there's blood or broken bones, (laughs) but, but no situation with your child is an emergency and we react Mm -hmm. from fire flight far too often far too often. And our our children are not predators. They're not attacking our survival, even though it may feel like it sometimes, you know, um, you know, I know it. Look, I'm not perfect. I get mad sometimes too. And I, and I, I embrace the imperfection and I don't want anyone at all to ever think that I am perfect and I have it all figured out. What I have figured out is understanding myself and being able to see those blind spots that other people can't see that are the clients that I work with because we all have blind spots. Right. And so we all need that. And you're so right. They are muscles that we, that, that we keep working on. And I love that you said that, that makes so much sense. And I'm going to steal it because it makes so much sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) But, but you're also right in terms of the parenting piece, like, you can be woke, but I'll tell you what, unless you look at your the way you're parenting and the way you have been parented, um, yes. it, it really makes a difference. And I, and I want to, I just want to say one thing about that. Um, we all have an ACE score, which is adver- adverse childhood experiences. And what we can see is looking at people with higher ACE scores, um, they don't thrive as well in this world, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that is if you address it, right? So people with high A mm-hmm. scores, you know, they're people who are in jail, maybe homeless, you know, um, yeah. that, that's what it is. And so in fact, parenting is, is the most important thing that you can do with your kids, for your kids, for your family, mm-hmm. for, the, for the health of the world too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that's very high level, but I, that's really how I feel. Um, the more yeah. people, the more children that we can nurture and grow into these uh, uh, adults that have strong emotional intelligence, who understand yes. empathy and compassion and choose that instead of violence or judgment or criticism, you know, um, who can, you know, understand the emotions of other people and their own emotions. 
you know, I think that mm-hmm. is just so vital uh, in this world, especially right now, our world is hurting and we need, we need the future generations to be as loving and as emotionally intelligent as they can be. It's, it's vital. It's so vital. I think you're, you're so right about the emotional intelligence. I think that is one of the most important work that any of us can do. Um, and especially I feel like our boys and our men now, right? Like yeah. this is such an area that as moms of boys, like I have a son, right? Like to me, mm. this is something that I want to get this right with him. Like I want to change mm. a whole pattern of dysfunctional, you know, uh, mindset when it comes to tapping into this emotional intelligence and strengthening it. Right. Yeah. So powerful. Well, and, and you're that. so right because boys, boys generally have been brought up, you know, boys don't cry, don't be a baby, yeah. um, you know, just suck it up, be strong. And they've been given emotions like mad, sad, and glad, you know, like pretty yeah. basic emotions. And then so then when we are married to them or in relationship with them or, or you know, interacting with them, we're like, why won't you talk to me? Why won't you tell me what you're feeling, right? Because as women, yeah. we've been given a of emotions and oh do you butterflies oh are you feeling yes. you know jittery nervous right we don't say that to boys you know when was yes. the last time we said do you butterflies in your tummy you know right, right. <laughs> like, we just don't do that but why don't we we absolutely yeah. can and and the problem is is that these boys grow into men who are going to be dads for the most part and we want them to be able to honor our kids emotions not take their emotions personally uh and yeah. not just not just sort of say well i turned out fine well right <laughs> sure yes. sure you did sure and imagine how different it could be if yes. you had more you know more emotional intelligence and 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 one of the things with emotional intelligence is it's never too late it can grow and be nurtured at any time which is so exciting and that's the great thing about the brain too is that we can change our brains that's what neuroplasticity is all about we can change the way we show up in our lives and show up with our kids at any time and i'm sure you know the listeners and, and even you like you probably work with people who are brilliant people mm-hmm. and they lack emotional intelligence and those people right. it doesn't matter how smart you are if you're kind of a jerk you know nobody wants to be in a relationship with you or work with you or promote you or you know be on your team you know all that kind of stuff right so it does matter it does matter and i've worked with those people too it's like nope not that guy <laughs> or girl <laughs> yeah oh yes i mean you know and what you were talking about earlier with the with the triggers which obviously is what's leading to people taking it personal. I love, you mm-hmm. know, the conversations that we've had in the past where you talk about what's actually happening in the brain when these triggers are happening and mm-hmm. how, you know, you know, I always talk about triggers being like our teachers, right? Like the triggers really give up, like it's like shining a big spotlight in our wounds that are not healed. Um, but not everybody's ready for that conversation, but just in terms of like what's actually happening in the adult brain when the child triggers the parent. Can you expand upon that a little bit? Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, there's a really great way to sort of simplify the complex workings of the brain, right? Like I get that it's very complicated. And and so I uh, I love the model that uh, Dr. Dan Siegel has uh, has used and he uses the hand brain model. So it, So everybody who's listening, take one of your hands and put your thumb inside your palm and then fold your fingers down. So you've made a fist, but you're, you've tucked your thumb in. So if you look mm-hmm. at your, um, at your arm all the way up to the, the, the bottom palm of your hand, that is the brainstem and the cerebellum, right? So that part that's exposed just, just below your fingertips, um, that's the, that's the cerebellum, right? And so that is where babies are born. Uh, and I'm just going to explain this quickly and then I'll tell you about what happens yeah. as, as parents. So, um, that's where babies are born and that is responsible for hunger, survival, you know, circulation, but it's really all about survival, right? It's the most primitive part of the brain that we have. Um, and it also is where we have fight, flight, or freeze. Okay, so there's there's that, and then if you open your hand back up, you open your fingers up, but leave your um, but leave your uh, thumb where it is, then you will um, you will now see your amygdala, and that is the emotional center of the brain, and that is where your children live until they're about seven years old. So that means they see everything through emotion. They see everything through um, through their feelings, right? And uh, mm-hmm. and so then if you close your thing your fingers back over your thumb, you have your prefrontal cortex, and this really takes off in terms of growth at the age of um, at the age of seven. But it doesn't finish growing until around the age of twenty five to thirty. Uh, boys are a little bit longer; they're closer to thirty. Um, so it's really important to know that it's so important to know that because above all else we need to understand that our children are not uh do not have fully formed brains yet so when we have expectations that are out of alignment with where they are in terms of brain development and developmental stages it causes a lot of pain and frustration for parents because they have expectations that are just not aligned with what their kids can actually do Right. Mm-hmm. So so that's so there's sort of the fundamentals there. But the, the prefrontal cortex, just just to be clear, is all about reasoning, rational thought, problem solving, its emotional intelligence, its emotional regulation. And the way the fingers are touching the thumb, it really it, you can you can see how it regulates the amygdala. But what mm-hmm. happens is, is that when we get triggered, those fingers start to lift up. Um, and your prefrontal cortex gets further and further away from the amygdala. And so you're further and further away from regulation until you are like, you know, if you can picture sort of like your fingers hanging on a cliff and then boom, mm-hmm. your straight finger, you've got, you've lost it. Right. So there's that, that's sort of the hand brain model. If you look at the lower middle and higher brain, which is, which is what that was meant to, to ex- explain. If we're able to parent from our higher brain, we're able to show up with empathy and compassion. We're able to show up with rational thought and emotional intelligence, right? We're able mm-hmm. to show up that way. But so often we get emotional. And so we dive right down into our emotional brain and we react from that place. And sometimes we react from fight, fight flight, or freeze. We even go lower mm-hmm. than that and go into our lizard brain. And look, we, I mean, I've thrown many tantrums. There's, I have as a parent, I, I'm not proud of it, but I have, you know, um, and, uh, and, and that's what it is. That's what's happening. So to understand the way the brain works is really vital. So no shame, 
no shame, no criticism for you. If you have, yep. that's just the way the brain works. So like, take yes. that out, take, take that judgment away and know that that's no time to parent. And also your child, when they have flipped their lid, which is what that's called when you're, you know, when you've lost it, they, they can't yes. be parented. So, so yes. everybody take it, take a break, take, take that sacred pause. This isn't an emergency. I can come back. This can wait for, for the, you know, because I want this relationship with my child, because I, you know, because I want to have the best relationship, not just in the first 18 years of your life, but forever, right. for as long as I, I want this strong relationship with you. That's why I do this. And actually what we know for sure is that when you have a strong bond with your child and you can show up to validate emotions and show up with curiosity, that doesn't just ensure their long-term well-being, it actually ensures your long-term well-being too. Mm -hmm. So you absolutely do it for your child, but you do it for you as well. I love that. Yes, that's exactly where I wanted you to take that conversation because I think so many times parents have like, you know, they define it as like out-of-body experiences. Is like, what just happened to me? Like, why did I just literally act like a child? Well, that's actually what happens with your brain. Like you activate the lower, the lower brains and in, and in times of extreme, like you can activate, as you said, like that fight or flight. And so, yes, while that is an, a normal natural process, it also doesn't have to be that way. Right. By, no, by doing, by stepping in that work. Yeah, and giving so, yourself some grace and understanding. Yes. Yeah. It's hard sometimes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Especially when you have children who are strong-willed, um, strong-spirited children. I mean, they are, they are truly like your, your greatest teacher. If you can, if you can step into the work, right? Like it's the yeah. invitation. It's right there to, to upgrade yourself. So mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit more. Um, I know we just have a, a little bit more time together, but this topic about disrespect, bad behavior and kids mm -hmm. that listen, what do you want to leave us with? This is like a big conversation. And I know this is a big pain point for a lot of my mamas, yeah. but what, where do you want to take us with this? Okay. I want to rattle off a couple of things really quickly. Um, kids that don't listen, what we need to do is change the way we request of them. You know, um, we need to, we so oftentimes just because life is busy and, you know, we've got a million things on the go, we, we often want our kids to do something and we're not willing to really go to them and, you know, ask them in a calm way. So, and what I mean by that is I'm in the kitchen, my kids are upstairs in their bedrooms and I'm just yelling from the kitchen, like, come on, you guys, we gotta go. Like, let's go, let's go. I'm not going to say that I don't do that every once in a while. I do, but I also know that I'm not going to get the cooperation that I want. So if you want your kids to listen, the very first thing you do is you go to them. You make a connection. I always give my kids loveys. I always give them, I loveys, it means to me, like I give them a little rub on the back. I touch them, touch them on the shoulder, mm -hmm. give them a little stroke in their cheek. Like I, I, I'm all about, I'm all over my kids. I just love them so much. Um, yeah. And I just, I love physical touch. So I'm always touching them. And so when they, and they know that, which is cute. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so once I know that I've connected with them, then I say, hey, love, we gotta go now. Come on, let's go. Come on, I'll take you. I'll take you is the key because let's be honest, mm -hmm. our kids are so distracted, so distractible. And so let's just take them and then give them any help they need. Give them any help yeah. they need. 
and and that goes that speaks to the developmental stages you know look sometimes your child does need help tying their shoes this is not the time to shame them and criticize them like oh you could have taught you tied them yesterday do i need to go back to velcro shoes for you like no 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 don't talk like that just think yes of course you need help and that's what i'm here to do for you or you can say hey do you want to give it a try and if you can't do it then i'll do it you know or i'll help you right stuff like that um so that's sort of the listening piece and it's so important and i i i I encourage everybody to try it. So you, you notice where you are first, you go to your child, you connect, then request, and then take them mm-hmm. and give them any help they need. So those are the I steps. I love that. Then, somebody, oh, I just want to say that real quick. I, I don't know, maybe it was you that talked about, you know, when your kids ask for help, because there's so much pressure, right? To like, for your kids to like meet these benchmarks, be able to tie their shoes, do all this stuff. And so you can fall trapped to that, that quick shaming, right? Of like, do you not know how to do this? You know what I mean? But I remember, I think it was you that said something like, you know, like, it's also like, so it's such a good feeling when someone helps you. And it's like, I don't need my husband to get me a glass of water, but when he gets me a glass of water, it's like, so it just feels good. Mm -hmm. And so now Mm -hmm. I see those opportunities as a connection, not as babying or doing it for like, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's having a love connection, right? Like it's a little connecting. So anyway, those perception shifts. Okay, keep going. Yeah, and 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 what I'll say just to add to that is that when parents fight that, it's because they're in fear. What if you can't mm-hmm. do your shoes? And my wife doesn't have to do your shoes. So you also have to notice the thoughts that you have in your head too, which is kind of another conversation okay. to have because there's a lot of the, way, yeah. the thoughts that we have, which I'm sure you you are aware of all that stuff too. Um, but it's really fear. And we don't make the decisions in fear. Parenting out of fear, you know, it's it's never going to serve you or your child in the long term. It yes. Just, um, but, but then when it comes, so here's what I want to say about disrespect. Um, you know, again, you would use the same thing, uh, like what I, what I talked about with, I hate you, but I, I want to really say something about coping. Look at all of the ways we have to cope with life. Some are good. Some are not good. We can go meditate. We can go do some yoga. We can take a moment and do some deep breathing, or we can drink. We can smoke, we can eat, we can gamble, we can online shop, we can overwork, we can overexercise, we can do all of these different things to numb ourselves or to deal with it and cope with it. But what do our kids have? They can't go to the casino. They're not going to online shop. What do they have? They have eye rolls. They can stick out their tongue. They can Mm -hmm. refuse to listen to you. They can say no to you. That's what they do. They have no other Mm -hmm. outlet. They have a meltdown. Well, I mean, a meltdown makes perfect sense to me. You know, of course you're going to have a meltdown because you don't have any other way to deal with these feelings. And actually a meltdown is like a pressure valve. It actually really helps them to move through the emotions. But we don't move through our emotions like our kids do. Our kids actually have to feel their feelings all the way through to get to the other mm-hmm. side of them. Like a tunnel, right? Like they're a train going through a tunnel. And once yes. they're on the other side of it, they're fine. I mean, how often has your kid had a major meltdown and you go, well, and then they're fine. And then you're like, well, oh. Oh, I'm glad you're fine now. How come you were, you know, so yeah. upset, you know, five years ago, right? Because they're done. Yeah. They're, they're done. They're over it. So I, I just want to say that, that they don't have any other way to cope. And so we need to just recognize that, acknowledge that and say, okay, well, that really is the way they're coping right now. And I can get to the bottom of that because I want to be a parent mm-hmm. that has such a great connection with my kids because it feels so good. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the bad behavior, um, is really, it's, 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 it's finding what's driving it. You know, I, I think they're all connected, you know, disrespect, bad behavior, kids that don't listen. How come, how come they're not listening? You know, do we yeah. need to go back and reconnect relationships with our kids? Is there something broken? Have, you know, do they not feel like we are a safe haven for their emotions? You know, and, and this is everything that I help parents go through. And I always start with the way you were parented and then we move mm-hmm. forward from there, right? It's so important to acknowledge the, the, the experiences that we had. Um, because they yes. will undoubtedly repeat themselves. It's so powerful. The work that you're offering to moms and dads is so powerful. I just, I'm so grateful that you came into my life because it's, this is, this is such amazing work that, oh my gosh, I so agree with you. It's like, if if we can get this right, like we can truly radically shift in just a generation of how this world operates like yeah. it's possible. Oh, it, so it, it I absolutely know, is. I, I just know people are going to want to like find you and, and see what you're all about and, and get your free resources or, you know, the podcast, like how do they, how do they connect with you? Okay. Well, thank you for that. I would love it. I love, I mean, I, um, I love working with parents, helping parents, of course. Um, and it's just, just my passion. Um, and I also think it can be fun too, by the way. I don't think it has to be all serious. I think we can laugh and we can have fun as well. Um, but so, okay. So, uh, my main website is just parentingforconnection.com. So not the number four, but F O R. So parentingforconnection.com. And my podcast is parenting our future. And, uh, if you want a really amazing group that is free and full of kind compassionate parents, um, then I would love you to join my group on Facebook. It's private and um, I, I go live every week in it um, and, uh, and and answer your questions and help you out. And uh, anyway, that is, um, it's in groups and it's, if you search groups, it's Parenting for Connection. It's called Moms, who, Moms and Dads Who Want to Yell Less. So that's the group there. So please join me there. Um, I would love to see you. And if you want to look at parenting and how I can help you, there's a link on my site to book a call with me. And I would be so honored to talk to, to talk to you and see if there's a way I can help you. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Seriously. If these are your pain points, like just think about the transformation that picking up a book can give you, right? Like it moves a needle. But then think about the transformation of being held accountable for the work and what mm. that can bring to you. Like now we see the actual home start to heal, right? Like, mm, I love mm. that so much. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here with me today, for sharing this message. And I know we have more of these interviews coming up in the works. Um, and I'm so excited about that. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you to everybody listening. Um, I just think the world of you, Tonya, you are a beautiful human being and the world is better having you in it. Oh my gosh. I love you. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. Thank you everybody for joining us. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you loved your time with me, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes so I can keep bringing you the good stuff. And then come say hello by joining me in our private Facebook group, Love Yourself Fiercely.
Cheers to you for seeking truth and fiercely awakening.